Welcome to Mindful Space to Pause. Your host is Dee Lee. In our show, you'll experience what it means to take a break, get in tune with your true self, and be in the present. Now, here is your host, Dee Lee. Welcome to our show, Mindful Space to Pause. My name is Dee Lee, and I'm your host today as we explore practicing presence, experiencing memories. We can begin applying this immediately as we embark on this personal design assignment of ourselves. Deepak Chopra said, karma is experience, and experience creates memory, and memory creates imagination and desire, and desire creates karma again. Karma, memory, and desire are just the software of the soul. It's conditioning that the soul undergoes in order to create experience. And it's a cycle. In most people, the cycle is a conditioned response. They do the same things over and over again. So the question is, what is memory? How does our brains work in memorizing daily experiences? And it's something that's intrigued psychologists and neurologists for decades. Some of the theories have to do how we encode certain things and later recall them. And there's a, a, a lot of mysterious feeling over memory encoding. Um, our emotional state at the time of any event is also going to have an effect on how we remember the details later on. So memories really um, also help as we are present with them, it, it helps make us who we are. It helps to uh, give us a worldview, and as we are like a character, we're built of memory blocks, and they all fit together as a puzzle and a pattern in our consciousness. But um, when we say, you know, in, in ourselves, as we are um, recalling or going about our daily um, activities and we find ourselves having an automatic response that's coming from some kind of an experience. So some of it is how do we feel about our experiences and how you know it helps build hopes and expectations and also fears. And they're all these are all built upon how we've um, had an event experienced in the past related to some of that. Um, it's not just a simple remembering. Um, some people look at memory as just you remember what you had for breakfast or you remember your first kiss or you remember something that's showing up as an example. Uh, maybe it's um, coming from a recent event or maybe it's from way back in your, your life. Um, our body remembers things and... Um, some of the types of memory we have, um, something we would that they call a procedural, which is like if you um, learned how to ride a bicycle, you're going to find yourself, even though you learned 50 years ago, you're going to find yourself when you're on a bicycle, your your body is going to remember. It's kind of a complex situation where your body and your mind are working together, but it's also happening that as you're conscious and you become conscious again with what's happening, you're going to recall um, how to actually ride and balance that bicycle. 
um, balancing is very important, um, but it also brings up joy that you may have had when you were writing. And that joy becomes a feeling and immersion as you are in that event, um, as you're associating it with a feeling of what it feels like to ride the bicycle. How much did you really enjoy the ride? Um, if I mean, if you ran into some kind of a, uh, if you ran into a car or a, something else or other other bicycles, um, it's possible the joy was short run, but um, it, it may have given you freedom because as a child or as a kid, um, the bicycle was a source of freedom because then uh, you could be riding outside your, your neighborhood and get, um, you know, into other areas that um, would have taken a while to get there. Um, and so as we look at how we um, have that event, you know, if, if somebody was teasing you and you found that if you fell off your bike all the time and someone was teasing you about that, it's possible that uh, you wouldn't want to get back on a bike or you might feel that sometimes that would bring up other uh, challenges. And for that, you know, it's, it's like looking at the actual experience. So when you... Uh, take time to think in this these terms. It's not like we're just on autopilot. We're looking at our, we're, we're kind of turning inside and looking at ourselves and saying, oh, well, wow, this is this kind of memory. Um, and for the most part, our conscious experiences are logical and we can actually describe them. Um, some of them then um, tie in with how it made us feel. And so, if we're looking at um, the content of a logical process and also looking at um, if it made us feel something we could tie into that was um, a labeling, uh, sometimes we were unconsciously tying into something. So, the content of the stuff that we were saying um, and how do we feel about this it's really how the memories are embodied in us and how they relate to and associate with other things that maybe we don't actively connect with. But we know that once we start associating with um, and discovering the items and, and actually being present as we go through and experience something, we're recalling, and maybe that recall becomes your touch point for the back end of um, prior uh, experiences. And so sometimes we might feel like we're on a roller coaster and that we end up with um, things that are just coming at us that so we, we know that we had some kind of experience in the past, but maybe we don't remember it. So there's a lot of different mystery around how we relate to past experience and how it works in the, the process of um, taking a look at what brings forward, you know, how are we uh, communicating to ourselves and knowing that um, the content of what we're bringing forward uh, is something we can tap into. So um, sometimes the past can help us in the present process too. So if we've learned something, um, we way back in our our childhood, we learned how to play with others or how to read or have um, experience of 
sharing something. And so when we experience this, we're also learning how to relate to others and build upon that. So it becomes a memory um, if we're relating to a, a word or an event. Um, it's something that comes forward as we uh, have different relationships. And um, if we don't tie back into that relationship feeling, um, it could be feeling new. And when we really look at experience in adolescence and childhood, um, unconsciousness is timeless. So as we're in our present mode, we're practicing presence, remembering memories or um experiencing, remembering is is experiencing in a way, um, and we become present and pay attention to what we're, what's floating into our focus, we're going to have um, the meaning of that moment and you'll in, in process probably have some kind of an emotion attached to certain memories. And those feelings, you know, are important to um, also pay attention to. Maybe you feel relaxed or excited. Maybe um, something is a new uh, feeling. And when you pay attention, your body is actually helping communicate to you the, the feelings from your heart, from your system, your senses. And when you pay attention to that communication, um, it's just part of the experiencing and understanding um, some of your own emotions and how you are um, putting together the, the design of yourself as you're intentionally creating uh, some of this uh, exploration. So memory really uh, has an imprint in the brain and um, you know it's a power there's powerful innovations happening that um, are enabling us to have chance to look at how individual memories are formed or organized and interact with other, each other. And some of these are um, looking at memory uh, and comparing a painful stimulus in certain situations that are possibly ones that we tend to forget. And when we look at, at um, how some of this is revealed in the, the brain, we can understand more how thing, the brain organizes and links memories so that when someone recalls something, there's a lot related to that, maybe that we don't understand. But some of the um, challenges too that uh, happen is sometimes um, there's falsehoods in our memories for whatever reason. Maybe we uh, were having to think in different terms that we don't actually have a connectivity to something. So um, some of those situations we may not really know as we're bringing them forward. We are trusting ourselves that uh, those memories are our own memories and possibly they're, they're blended with what else was going on. But we look at this as wanting to um, have the experience and know that this experience is actually uh, connecting and um, we're, we're looking at how that recall is happening so that when we know that our situation is um, a certain subset of prior activity, part, you know, patterns or whatever, we can either take a look at them and say, okay, I agree with that. 
you know that is um, that is something that feels good and it feels like it's it's real or maybe we have certain labeling and activating um, situations where we want to maybe question some of the memory and uh, explore it a different way so that we can bring up um, where you're actually zooming in and out of that memory and feeling, well, that may have been part of the, the event. And maybe as you're doing this, you're also re calling the memory and maybe some things will become more clear that maybe were um, not quite so clear in the past that uh, maybe the experience level of your your current experience might have uh, some some opportunity to look in past memories and get more clarity so that you feel better about certain things or maybe the analysis that's kind of a quick reverse analysis saying well, I understand that now. So we are able to evaluate and also feel differently about um, certain things that um, we're going to be able to not just question, but also say, well, that's that's what this new um, emotion is about. And I've been able to now learn how to handle that. So it's a very complicated process, but memories really are very interesting and uh, for the most part we probably have all um, you know basically had memories but you know we are uh, maybe not present with them and um, as we were discussing you know the ideas that um, the idea of memories are such that sometimes you know, our memories are not exactly as we um, are, you know, finding them. And so, um, some of the events that we've, we've noticed, um, you know, we might be taking things for granted that um, our memories, you know, take point with everything. Um, and we've, we have found sometimes that memories are sometimes, you know, are also... Um, clustered together so that as we learn and how and in this research um, process of asking the questions and asking ourselves questions that uh, we want to have you know the ability to look at something with a different different view um, we're able to actually have that view become one that we can take a look at and look at the research that is going on currently that's more uh, current in looking at memories and how to understand them, how do they interact with each other. And sometimes memories do change over time. I mean, we can lose details. We can find ourselves um, wanting to fill in the gaps, possibly, and maybe they become such that the memory itself disappears because you know, we have organized things a little differently or we have found that certain things that, um, you know, we, we want to ask ourselves more understanding of something. So as we look at this, you know, it's possible that if you have one event and you have different people taking a look at that one scene, you might find that um, if you have a set of different people looking at, say, um, if, if you have a set of objects that they're basically um, 
having each of those objects have to do with a different pattern. And when you have people take a look at the patterns, maybe you have multiple people, this is kind of a test process, but if you have different people looking at these different patterns and then you um, have them go, go away and then come back, uh, sometimes their brains will connect with each of the patterns and then sometimes people can recall one pattern but not the rest of them and some some of this is how our brains can reorganize things and um, the clustering of events or different memories sometimes can help to um, have a gist of the information so someone might have a higher view that gives of gives the memories a little bit more um, personality or character that then that uh, event process, you know, someone that would give someone ability to remember the whole situation and recall that um, the individual parts of that because they had a, an association between the subparts. And this is just, it's all very interesting. So the brain is making connections and looks at information and knowledge. Some of this might be knowledge that we're not seeing directly, but we are, um, as we use our, our brains, we're observing and we're taking a look at how to navigate with environments that maybe we're not con totally com connected to, but it's something that as we relate, relate different, um, we look at and relate to different bits of information, some of this we can apply some creativity and maybe make up a story about something if we're trying to remember certain things. Um, we sometimes have um, scenarios and stories we can remember better than we can individual little details. And so um, each person needs to understand their own minds and how how to recall some of this. So it does take practice to observe yourself and ask yourself questions and how does how do I remember something? How can I remember something easier if there's a challenge? And as we go through and look at um, you know, it's just our memory is not just pockets, but we we look at uh, concepts and we can link things together and have it so that that linking is something that becomes a easier way to have memories that are truly uh, full memories that we can recall as we need to. And experiences are related to a lot of the abstract concepts, and sometimes that can get tricky trying to um, tap into the memory and also the experience. Rather than having it, it kind of mixed up, some of the individual um, experiences might feel muddled or memory is elusive, and um, some of that is where it's difficult to um, look at and, and make make sure that things aren't distorted, or that they have that things are being you know, recalled correctly. If it's important, you know, sometimes uh, we've had a lot of intuitive feelings along with that too. So we might tap into our feelings, and some of our feelings might help to sort out the events that uh, we're trying to recall and give some of the, the picture that we're trying to put together. 
So, you know, we look at stories and we look at images and our minds approach things in a lot of different ways. And each of us are different. So we, um, we need to understand ourselves as we go along in this process and find that we are asking ourselves some of these questions and trying out ideas so that we're not just trying out the idea, but um, we're able to practice it so that we can know that, okay, well, we have this kind of a mind process going on with ourselves. And so as we try new things, you know, we're going to develop and design ourselves so that we can have better memories, so that we can recall things and we we know that we can trust that our memories are, are working in a right way. And so it's it's a very much um, experiential, exponential and exploration-oriented process uh, of curiosity. And sometimes our experiences are fearful or we've had events that are fearful and so we avoid or don't want to go there. But that's also, again, taking a look and, and becoming more... Um, responsible in ourselves to really want to go forward with, you know, these kinds of things and, and make sure that we're not responding to something that we can then um, make some modification to. On that note, we're going to take a pause and we will be back shortly. When you slow down, you give yourself a gift of time for being. Here in the abundant flow, thought seeds grow. Daily moments rush past and disappear into memory. Surround yourself with an essence of nature and feel a renewed sense of hope and peace. Watching a bee gather pollen, the wind playing with leaves, garden flowers presenting their unique, colorful faces. These are the simple joys possible. Our natural world gets left behind in the concrete jungle, digital maze, or inner and outer environment systems. Make a choice to fill your mind with uplifting images surrounding you with invisible access on your mobile devices, in your working and living environments. Pause pads are a quick momentary retreat for your mind to find a space to pause in the middle of a busy day for a moment for a reality break from a busy schedule, or as a reminder to take time for yourself to get uplifted. The pause pad break has so many benefits and yet is like a lily pad floating around in sight and in mind as a space to experience an immediate sense of calm. Take a break, hit the pause pad button, or send an email to mcspectrums at gmail.com. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Mindful Space to Pause with your host, Dee Lee. If you'd like to connect with the show, we'd love to hear from you via email. You can send them to mcspectrums at gmail.com. That's mcspectrums at gmail.com. Now, back to Mindful Space to Pause. Welcome back to Mindful Space. We are uh, exploring, practicing presence, experiencing memories. And memories are a, a whole slew of things is how we remember, remember things and also learning how to recall memories and what are the attributes and different things that we want to be cognizant of. It's like a, a library system. We want to help ourselves in our memory process if there is something important to remember, understanding how we 
um, put away that that book on the shelf in our brains, um, how best to recall that, or how do we go looking for it again? And there's there's four major attributes that are important because, as any visual process, a lot of what we remember has to do with visuals to start with. Um, they're like visual cues that we remember: uh, color, form, depth, and movement. And these are the basics of what we remember, but um, we notice some of these, sometimes we're not aware or we don't ask ourselves, well, let's see, let's really think about that color. How does, you know, if, you, if we really look around at the, at the things we're trying to remember or given that we know we're going to remember certain things, maybe um, taking a, a bit, pause time to really look at these cues so that it helps us retrieve these in the in the um, the future and we know that um, our brain sees these cues you know and it's not our mind it's they see the cues our minds see these cues and this has been proven by different studies and theories that the cues and the visual communicator um, of ourselves understands that these cues really help to have a recall possibility. So if we take a look at these like color, you know, there's a lot having to do with color and some people cannot see color or they see different colors. And because it's all very elusive, sometimes the colors are different um, images that um, we can we can tap into certain colors, but maybe we don't see the key colors. But as we take a, lo- a look at it and associate um, with the colors and how they mean what they mean to us, um, it's very interesting because um, you know from a history and also uh, from a a different um, element of what do people around the world really apply to colors? So, um, white—the color white—has been translated as purity or innocence, and purple has to do with the status of royalty. Some of the communicators still look at these things, so that um, as we look at symbols and how people relate to color. Um, there's importance in uh, designing ads and logos that the idea that um, how to relate to a color, you know, how do you describe something of color? Um, you know, so we say, okay, when we look at how we associate and compare different colors with something, um, maybe green and earthy or the blue of the big, you know, green, uh, the big clear sky. Um, maybe that's a comparative. We're looking at different associated colors, or we look at how we approach approach a color from an emotional perspective. Um, so there's some psychological um, value to the color blue. Um, some of that is ha- has to do with if you paint a a, a room blue, um, it's going to have a relo- relaxing and calm uh, feel to it. Um, one of the other attributes has to do with forms, which is like dots, lines, and shapes. So the dot is a really simple form, and is the simplest form, and um, really is like um, a very um, paid attention immediately focused. You know, uh, if you have two dots, then you're feeling like which one do you look at? Um, 
or if you have a series of dots, you know, it's like creating something that's not sure, you're not sure exactly it's related to something else. Uh, there's lines that is, that's where the dots are there, but you have no space between the dots. So that has a, a message of some kind of a stiffness, possibly, or um, if you see horizontal and vertical direction lines, you're going to be telling um, in that line uh, visual is some kind of a, you're exchanging some um, complex messages. So um, there's some of it having to do with if it's in a horizontal, you're looking at it from a horizon perspective, possibly. Or if we look at it from a virtual you know, perspective, we're looking at um, some curved lines where we might create a different dimension. Uh, shapes are very important too, and, and they're really a combination of dots and lines into a pattern. So as shapes occur throughout nature and in graphic design, the basic shapes are um, going to also speak to us so that as we're um, interacting with uh, these visual cues, we're going to have different response. So parallelograms, which are like squares, are going to be feeling balanced and very symmetrical. But it's also one of the most dull shapes. And so if you have a, a rectangle, there's a little bit more excitement with the image. It's not just a square. Circles have a different um, a, a feeling when you see a circle. You're going to also feel like that's going to feel a little bit more focus and um, they help to set a mood so it's like we're looking through our eyes into something um, that that round image that you're looking at um, how does it feel it might feel like something looking back at you possibly um, so triangles are also a dynamic that um, they're energetic and um, also very powerful because when this when we take a look at this shape we, we might also think about um, monuments that we've seen um, and as we take a look at all of these other forms we're also taking a look and saying okay well as we look at images we're going to be recognizing different values here and um, they're all different so we can then start programming our minds and, and, and having an association with this too. So, um, because there is um, in the process too, um, the depth of what something is being exposed at, we're also looking at um, depth as a very active um, process. When we look at something, we create that depth. And um, we have different depth precessions, you know, there's like width and length and, and different sizes here because we have two eyes, we're seeing things through these eyes and the images that we see, we're going to be looking at the combination of all of these different cues, you know, the space and how it looks in from a, a lighting perspective, the colors and the size of the colors. Um, if we have different gradients in, in the colors, uh, having a different perspective. And when we take a look at an image, we're going to recognize that uh, sometimes different things are closer to each other and have a different depth. So it can be very um, complex too if we get too buried into it, but we're trying to make all of this um, 
information available as we will then want to help our minds in our recall of this um, or events that relate to this as important to know these details. Um, the movement is a cue also, and it's really how some of these um, independent uh, cues are actually joined. So we ha might have a combination of color, form, and depth, and how we join these and how we view these also can help um, quickly uh, in our minds to recall and stimulate you know, emotion or feeling or thinking about something in more of a, a real movement um, rather than having it just, you know, a steady image. Um, some of this could be looking at images that um, might typically um, have some graphical, you know, picture value. And um, as we sometimes take pictures, photos um, of different things, we're possibly not seeing everything when we take that picture, but then we step back from it and we look at a picture and we were very surprised because some of the elements are just there and they were always there. But we are also saying, oh, well, we need to be able to perceive this and recall it. And um, that image is going to have easier recall as we get more of ourselves in ability to connect to it. So, uh, you know, some of this can get very complicated and I'm sure that most of us don't go through this every time we recall something or in when we want to remember something. But as we are training ourselves, we're observing with a closer feel and a closer observation as something is becoming more important that um, we're not just relating to it in a story or in a word series, we're, we're relating to it in a visual. And um, it depends upon the importance of that uh, experience and also that memory. A lot of our emotions are also able to play a, a role here. And um, some of the memories that we recall, we can also uh, remember the emotions. So we sometimes have to put ourselves in doing this, we might have to put ourselves back in a similar mood as if we were at, at a certain memory event. And um, some of this can also have a positive effect on us recalling more details from that event. So some of it can be fairly emotionally charged if that event was a negative event that um, really instilled in our brain, you know, a fear, and we're trying to not experience that. Some, some of our experiences might be feeling, feeling uh, anger or other states of mind, and maybe the, we forgot about those also as we were, um, maybe they got parked elsewhere or in our, um, maybe it occurred back in, in um, a period of time where we weren't present. So some of this can also bring forward other emotions, but um, our experiences are really, um, that's what we need to be present with so that as we think of the emotion and the experience and take a look at that as a memory that we can really um, be present with that whole package and know that we do have choices sometimes to say, okay, well, um, that memory 
it doesn't feel good, possibly we need to take a look at it and bless it and forgive or forget or 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 and look at why do I need to keep that in memory? What is the purpose of this? So it can sometimes recall, you know, be that recall can be emotional and it might require some um, professional assistance in recalling and getting rid of or forgiving or talking through things. So um, this is definitely not an easy task sometimes. So um, each of our processes and as we go through here, we want to be presented with ability to Take a look at this, and because it's very important that we be able to recall things um, and find ourselves ability to uh, feel separate from that event and know that we have those choices that we can be on top of something and make choice of. Well, you know that thought. That thought is a good one to uh, keep it in value and. Um, possibly take a look at adding more information to it so that it helps to be helpful in the future or an event and emotion and memory might be something we want to forget um, and let it go. So those are some things that can happen when we we have that opportunity to step along with um, and have an ability to look at something from a bit of a dis- distance um, so that we're not just feeling the whole emotion but and, and we get pulled back into the event in a negative way. Um, it's re- remembering something and um, looking at the value of it um, so that you're, you're looking at it from a valuable perspective too because that also helps to be able to make choices to what we want to store in our brains and how we want to recall what we've stored. So, why would emotions influence memory? Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, inf- information about emotions, and emotions are something that when we start uh, talking about emotions, a lot of times people go to the extreme that they don't want to have an emotion. They don't want to have access to the emotions because they don't know where it's going to carry them. Um, A lot of times we uh, jump to judgment and we're like saying, okay, well, we have too much emotion around something that we, we don't feel like we're in control. And when we take a look at that, you know, it's very interesting because um, we do have control. I mean, it's something where um, it's a possibility that an experience might cause dis, you know, emotions that, and fear and anxiety. But it's also good that we bring those up and explore them and say, wow, you know, that's something we know we can, we can actually um, make choices and say, okay, we're able to um, take the opportunity of looking at it with a different lens and also possibly providing ourselves more comfort than what we may have experienced before. So sometimes our memories become distorted, you know, where we're maybe recalling something that maybe has too much negativity to it and um, we attach that negativity and fear becomes a higher value. Um, But if we're able to take a look at it with a different aspect too, we can actually look at the details and possibly focus on something without the emotion attached to it where we're 
um, able to look through it with a different lens and separate things so that we can, um, you know, heal ourselves if we need to from that process and or understand more that we need to take a look at in a deeper value. Um, so a lot of it has to do with uh, our moods and how our emotions appear, how we handle our emotions um, and how our emotions affect ourselves as we're paying attention to certain things. So when we pay attention, we're actually focusing on things. And so when we focus, we also are doing this with our whole selves. When we do this with our whole selves, we're going to have more result of that uh, exposure to the situation from our, our own um, sense of emotions. And um, it may also give you more information that you're going to want to remember the details that maybe you didn't recall before. So it's really looking at how different things get associated and how our, our memory uh, attaches certain words or feelings to something and um, if we can be in a little different mood possibly um, when we take a look at some of these we're able to uh, take the emotions and make them into a more uh, memory oriented focus so that um, as we go along in the future if we recall this event again it won't be such a a disaster if you felt like the combination was um, overwhelming or negative or related to memory and emotions, um, you can manage it better. So it's, it's becoming more in the practice mode too of looking at each of these as knowing that you have the opportunity to make choices and apply you know, positive nature um, to this event and knowing that you can go through this process and, and be able to uh, find that you can transform events and into memories that are encoded in a different way so that you're able to retrieve them and have them available or let them go. So if you're in a joyous mood, you're going to have a better recall um, that will then bring more joy to yourself. Um, so think in terms of wanting to recall happy memories in a different way. Um, if there's a negative event, looking for uh, some kind of an emotion that can elevate into more of a happy mood, possibly it's, it's you're wanting to be uh, having that anyway in our experience. Um, you know, sad memories are okay. They're, they're just how do you relate to it? And if you look at the, the point of recall and the different emotions attached to these different parts, um, it's looking for ways to utilize the information that you're gathering for yourself and or letting it go. So again, it's you know taking time to really work through and not just um, become reactive um, you want to become proactive in this process too and just know that as we're taking a look and working with these experiences and the memories associated with them, we're going to uh, want to keep ourselves in control and experience the emotion, but we also want to remember things that um, are of value for us to keep in our memory. So um, recall is really a mood state dependent you know process and 
that's what we look at is, you know, moods are all sometimes very, um, it can go up and down and it can take time to move through them. But when we take time to pause and listen to the um, inner being that we have, everyone has one. Um, just if we access that uh, valuable relationship, um, if we if we really listen, um, we are able to uh, help ourselves. So on that note, we're going to take a quick pause, and we will be back shortly. When you slow down, you give yourself a gift of time for being. Here in the abundant flow, thought seeds grow. Daily moments rush past and disappear into memory. Surround yourself with an essence of nature and feel a renewed sense of hope and peace. Watching a bee gather pollen, the wind playing with leaves, garden flowers presenting their unique, colorful faces. These are the simple joys possible. Our natural world gets left behind in the concrete jungle, digital maze, or inner and outer environment systems. Make a choice to fill your mind with uplifting images surrounding you with invisible access on your mobile devices, in your working and living environments. Pause pads are a quick momentary retreat for your mind to find a space to pause in the middle of a busy day for a moment for a reality break from a busy schedule, or as a reminder to take time for yourself to get uplifted. The pause pad break has so many benefits and yet is like a lily pad floating around in sight and in mind as a space to experience an immediate sense of calm. Take a break, hit the pause pad button, or send an email to mcspectrums at gmail.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Mindful Space to Pause with your host, Dee Lee. If you'd like to connect with the show, we'd love to hear from you via email. You can send them to mcspectrums at gmail.com. That's mcspectrums at gmail.com. Now, back to Mindful Space to Pause. Welcome back to Mindful Space, and we're talking today about exploring the um, practicing presence, experiencing memories. And how is uh, memory actually um, put together? There is a process, and some of the initial experience, you know, takes place in in our memories, um, looking and our brains um, look for representation of different things, um, some of the memory information can change. And if we reactivate a memory over and over again, sometimes it gets stronger or it takes on different characteristics depending upon how we relate to it. So um, it can also have uh, some effect where we might have forgotten pieces of it, but as we reactivate it, and look at it and explore some of these different degrees of memory, um, we might find things actually, um, maybe there's some of it that starts making sense. You know, if there was some question about the information wasn't, you know, first um, understood, you know, we remembered something, but we, sh- we couldn't remember the uh, translation into an active part of some event or maybe we remember details that um, as we're exploring them they become more clear so some of it is um, 
you know, it's, you know, memories are made from a, a different um, level here where we're, we're looking at um, some of it can be a long-term memory and, um, you know, it's, it's acceptable, accessible for future use. Some of that also we might have, um, you know, it's basically different purposes. So memory serves different purposes and we can revisit different past experiences with that information in a, in a lot of different ways. And um, we first look at um, a first stage of memory is to say, take a process that's going on in experience, convert it into a way so that the brain can store it if it's an image um, or it's encoded in a different combination. So you've got a combination that you're um, going to have um, you know, where you're really taking a look at something in more detail down the road. Um, when you recall it, um, maybe you're going to have that event show up in a different stage, not just the first part, but also um, take a look at um, where it showed up too, so that um, as we're experiencing this, our brain does different things depending upon what we're trying to do. And so, um, as we look at the different parts of the brain, there are different areas that things show up in, and possibly it depends upon the type of memory is um, where it shows up. So when we want to park the memory somewhere in there, um, it depends upon you know the level of detail that you have, and also the memory storage is really also how strong is it and um, what's the importance in your own self looking at that memory. Um, when we've had things stored, how do we retrieve it? And some of that retrieval is again, uh, what is a retrieval? You know, it's where information and, and you know, our memories have been saved and they become um, possibly some of the information is unconscious. Um, a lot of it is conscious when we when we want to put intentional remembering, you know, someone's name. You know, how do you remember a name, someone's personal name? Um, and a lot of times that's something that's very difficult, remembering. If you have a lot of people, you're trying to remember the names. Um, there are ways to have recall available, um, and different people have better ability to do that and it's a practice process so as you recall these um, and we're looking at different cues um, sometimes um, we want to be looking at a, a, a cue that is external such as an image or a scent or we have stimulus that recalls that memory of that person or maybe it's a thought or a sensation so cues are very important because they help remind us of something and then that's an association to a memory or we want to bring uh, consolidated of effort here of having several memories that will then come together and help to um, be the more reconstructed visual uh, concept that's more uh, more placed in a uh, focus that um, is a whole package rather than little itsy bitsy pieces of a memory. So um, sometimes also we have found that um, memories can become distorted uh, based upon different experience and also some of our observations might not be complete. So we might somehow make up a piece that we're trying to fill in that we're trying to uh, 
have ourselves feel more uh, complete with a memory, and so we're we're trying to take a look at, at it in detail, and it. It might be the wrong piece of information, but um, it really depends upon what the goal is. So uh, it's really learning and attention to detail, um, taking a pattern that we're also taking attention in the process to have it put together. And then we practice in the process of saying, okay, we want to, uh, if we're looking to um, have a recall of is not just riding a bicycle, but may, maybe if you're playing an instrument um, or you're you're writing a poem and reading it and memorizing it, um, it you know learning occurs at a lot of different levels here. So and also the behavior of how do you practice? So you you have a demand for your memory. Uh, maybe there's a a sense of um, a complete visual that you put in memory and you then zoom in on the the parts that are the the words or the the poem is like a list of words and as you practice you're relating the words to each other in a story so that you're able to work through and also if you're playing a musical instrument you're learning the notes and associating notes and sound and your body participates with that um, as you're remembering the notes and the sounds. So it's, again, really very interesting that um, this process is there and um, we're really studying it from a detailed perspective, but there's also a lot of important elements that um, are of value. And so memory and, and experiences are something that you want to not be afraid of and um, explore and see how they feel. You know, be present with them and know that they're able to be something that you can um, actually participate with. And um, there's different types of memory, you know, that um, have to do with the details and um, those are important to just work through and um, take time to understand you know, and know that it's um, it's an ability to think about different in different ways um, because our thinking and we're mindful of this whole process how do we go from our internal to our uh, external and in it's a round process so we go in and out and um, look at it from a real building block perspective. So in this process, we want to be in a, the highest um, schematic for ourselves, knowing that we're working on this from a higher perspective and from a goal of understanding ourselves as we go too. So. And in hindsight, we look at this as all the moments that are possible and also um, knowing that maybe we missed some moments here, but we know that we can learn from nature and that it's limitless. It's really we're able to uh, learn from a lot of different areas and um, go out and explore. And it's very fascinating. When I open my eyes, I see love flows freely through me. When I open my ears, I hear floating songs of melody. When I open my feelings, I ensure I am truly connected. When I open my voice, I share my vocal light everywhere. When I tune to my sense of smell, I'm enveloped in dancing aromas. When I open my full heart, 
I know I'm made of a lot of parts. And with this mindful sensing, I find the creator is simply in me. And as we go about this, too, we're, we're really looking to um, have a very um, possibility here, a, a big possibility of experiencing things in the way that we want to define them and knowing that we can experience them and have memories that are useful as we are growing going forward, too. And it's um, it's very interesting process because we're we're building in that process and knowing that we are building, you know, the right building blocks as we go through. So those are things that we can be um, having, you know, the ability to um, not just add, you know, the value, but we're also looking at it from the way of uh, change. And as we go through this, we're able to take the opportunities and explore the value of the memories and want to have memories. People forget things, and we also um, look at remembering how we rode a bicycle. You know, it's, it's like having it so that we're looking for ways to be in joy and looking for levels of experience that help us to feel that. And we want to be able to feel the joy more and more because that also helps, you know, the whole system that we're designing for ourselves that has to do with positive content and positive results of us in our existence as we design ourselves. On that note, we're going to pause and we look forward to uh, working on more thought processes as we grow. joining us this week on Mindful Space to Pause. Tune in every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition featuring your host, Dee Lee, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you next time.